Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hello guys, gals, non-binary pals to the Are You Listening podcast. I am Brand, and oh lord, bathe me in flame. I'm here with Scott, my co-host. <laughs> Scott, what's going on today? Uh, not much, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good, and good. I, I'm going to start doing throwing out like the first lyric from whatever album I gave you as the intro. I like it. I thought it worked perfectly for this album, and I'm excited it, to yeah. get into it. The Are You Losing Podcast, where one of us gives the other an album they haven't heard, and then we spend a week with it, and then we come back and decide if the person who hasn't heard it wants to put it on the throne wants to add it to their collection or it's going to groan it and we're going to pretend that it wasn't a speed bump in our friendship (laughs) (laughs) today we are covering big dumb faces duke lion fights the terror and i would say that with the exclamation points but it would probably be too loud for the microphone it would it would crackle we don't want that i'm gonna give you a little background here on the band and the album and then fill in where you want and then we'll get into your breakdown here in a little bit big dumb face is an american metal musical project ah so first thing you heard <laughs> not a band not a band they are a project noted for its comedic lyrics and shifts in style encompassing multiple genres of music including no grind, including <laughs> grindcore death metal funk country disco reggae psychedelia and pop yes all of that yep all of it all of that in 1998, Wes and his younger brother, Scott Borland, formed Big Dumb Face as a side project of Limp Bizkit. Okay. So, 98 was right after Limp Bizkit's $3 bill, y'all, and... Oh, wow. So, they started the side project early on in Limp Bizkit's career. Yes. Yes. But I but this, but this album itself didn't come out until 01, which is after Chocolate Starfish, Hot Dog Flavor Water, and we'll be able to get into why this came out after I run through some more of this little stuff here. Gotcha. Wes and his younger brother, Scott Borland, are the two members of this project. (laughs) And I had to go and search up Scott Borland to see what else he did in the music realm. Anything? He provided arrangements and played keyboards on the first three Limp Bizkit albums. Okay. And then he also played bass on Vanilla Ice's 1998 album, Hard to Swallow. Oh, that uh, that hardcore remix type thing he was doing like he he wanted to be corn basically and he i feel like if any human being has gotten close to being corn in his like trials of life it's <laughs> it's been ice like he's almost there that record he redid ice ice baby but in the style of new metal if i'm remembering that correct i know at one point he did i don't know if it was on that actual record but i know yeah. that he did i i've never heard that and i feel like i need to hear that now. you kind of need to hear it now i kind of do duke line fights the terror was released on march 6 2001 some of the other things going on in music in 01 that's two days after my birthday march 6th yeah my birthday's well, coming up bro happy birthday thanks <laughs> <laughs> Other albums released on March 6, 2001 include Thrice's Identity Crisis. Oh, fantastic. Eve's Scorpion. I don't know. If, have you dabbled in the Eve Scorpion album situation? The, the female rapper from back in the day? Yes. Yes. Uh, no. Nope. And no interest in it? 
Uh, like are like already actively have a, a no, like you don't you don't like her, you know, or I don't remember her. Okay. Like definitely at that time, like even now I'm still not into the female rapper thing. And and back then I really wasn't either. Maybe the closest thing would be like Debrat. Well, of these first two of the Thrace Identity Crisis and Eve Scorpion, I only own one of them on vinyl, and it's not Identity <laughs> Crisis. I, I don't own Identity <laughs> Crisis on vinyl either. It's haven't actively looked for it, but I haven't come across it at all. Scorpion was a weird find for me. I found it at like some super weird like secondhand swap shop where there was nothing else, and I found that, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like it was just surrounded by like Milton Berle and just <laughs> garbage. That's so it's much like, fun. I love I love instances like that. It's rare though. It's, yeah, I oh, wish it happened rare. more often. Yeah. Also out of March six thousand one is Alien Ant Farms Anthology. Yes, Smooth Criminal <laughs> like, is burning up the charts. I love that record. That record's so good. But without Smooth Criminal, that that doesn't move even a quarter of the units it did. Oh, no. I mean, Smooth Criminal was obviously the big one on that. But the rest of the songs on that record are actually pretty good, too. But what was, like, other cases of that happening? Of of, of a cover being... I mean, I guess we'll go post, what, 70s? Because they did a lot of covers, like, in the 70s and shit. Like yeah. That. So, like, post-70s, when was another situation where an album had a cover as the big single and that's kind of it like there there even the follow-up single i don't remember what it was whitney and, houston's did that uh i will always love you from the bodyguard soundtrack all right maybe we gotta go past 80s then that, that was, I, well i'm just saying just how saying. much do i have to shrink these parameters <laughs> to make this seem impressive and to find no, it, something it, weird it definitely here. is an impressive feat but that that was one that just came to my my brain real quick the other one off that record is movies I think is the name of the song movies. I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. It doesn't, doesn't sound familiar to me, but yeah. I, I barely remember smooth criminal. That's not true. No, that's not true. Everybody knows that song. <laughs> <laughs> Other album in March, 6,001 Aerosmith is just push play. And I know, you know, these are the, these are the glory years of Aerosmith here. 2001. They were just push play. Is that the one with pink on it? It has like a robot in a skirt on the front. cover. Okay. No, that's not it then. No, I don't know that one. It's so weird how long Aerosmith were putting albums out for, and forever, still, like still. But I don't. It's it's so weird to me their fan base. Like half of them care, and then half of them disappear. And like the first two albums, the only good ones. It's yeah. a really wild situation. They're they're a special kind of band. I don't think I've ever listened to a full Aerosmith album. I oh, I think I could see myself going on an Aerosmith run and being disappointed. Ye, there is a <laughs> lot of changes within the Aerosmith discography. There's a yeah. There's a lot of different sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Even just the singles that I know. Yeah, I won't even get I I wouldn't even put it on the list for you. Cuz I'm I'm not I'm not huge into Aerosmith at all. I see your microphone has like scarves wrapped around it. I know you're a huge Aerosmith <laughs> oh, fan. No way. <laughs> not a chance. And then other albums in March not released on March 6, but big albums I picked out in March. March 13th, Daft Punk's Discovery, which is a big Daft Punk album. I never guess. listened to them. I've listened to like a couple hits probably, but I've never listened to a full album. Apparently they, it's incredible. Aren't they like EDM-ish? Yeah, apparently it's incredible. I'm not like... an EDM person at all. <laughs> the closest I get is Prodigy's Fat of the Land. That's weird that Prodigy comes up because we can connect this full circle. I bought this album, Big Dumb Faces, Duke Line Fights the Terror, at a pawn shop the same exact day I bought Prodigy's album that has Firestarter on it. Yeah, Fat of the Land. That that record is like that one takes me back almost the most out of any record ever. It's really weird, though, that I've bought these albums at the same time. The album that, that you're talking crazy. about yeah. and the Big Dumb Face album we were talking about today. On March 19th, Gojira's Terra Incognita came out. Don't know that one at all. I have to look it up. March 20th. And I don't know if this is a band for you. I feel like this might have missed you or it was right in your wheelhouse. Ooh. Dashboard Confessionals, The Places You Have Come to Fear. Oh, man. Yeah. No, that that was a big one. Yeah, a big, big one. Yeah. yeah. I've never <laughs> listened to a full Dashboard Confessional album. Uh, I, I'm i scared to give you it because I'm scared to go back. And they're going to hit weird. Oh, man. <laughs> it's So there was a big phase of Scott's life where Dashboard Confessional was the only thing in the CD player. I might give it to you just to go back myself. I've, I've never listened. Although, if it's... I, there's a chance that I, I probably will recognize a few songs just because of hearing it. Not while I'm listening to it, while somebody else is right, listening yeah. to it. Right, yeah. March 26th, Gorillaz Self-Titled came Good. out. Good stuff. I have that on vinyl. I feel like the Gorillaz is 
the step in between Daft Punk and Corn. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are very electronic. Yeah. I Okay, so I've only recently gotten into Gorillaz. Were they ever a real band? So it's the the uh, singer-songwriter for Blur started the Gorillaz. I believe they are a real band, but they're described as like a like a digital project type thing. I think I need to go back to Gorillaz because whenever like Clint Eastwood came out and they were huge, and then I was told that they weren't a band, that it would, I don't think I could understand it. Like, right. I don't think, I think I was just like, I don't know what that well, means. Well, it was so weird for that time to have that kind of sound coming from some kind of just digital project type. It was thing. very weird. Yeah, very weird. I didn't understand any of it. And then the final big March album I have here is Trains Drops of Jupiter. Yeah. I feel like that's an album that can really put you in a time period music wise, because when Drops of Jupiter was on the radio, it was everywhere. Yeah, I I, I was not into popular music at that point in time. <laughs> so uh, when Train came on, I was changing the station. That's like the one radio song of that time that I actually like. And it, it used to be like a guilty pleasure. Like I'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't want to tell anybody, but I'm, I'm over guilty pleasures. Like if it's something you enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd like put it on, but if I hear it somewhere, I'm pretty stoked up. Right. I uh, I never got into Train. I don't know. They have what's their other song? Soul Sister. That's their one other song, I think. Is I didn't that like them? that. I didn't like that track. I don't care about it, but it's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never listened to it like a Train B side, so I think I'm all right. Yeah, I've never listened to a Train full record. Like I I I hear the singles like when I'm walking through the grocery store or something, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, speaking of you not being into popular music, let's run down what the popular music of the time was. Perfect. And and really (laughs) paint that picture for you. On the Billboard Hot 100 the week of March 10th, 2001, at number one, we have Stutter by Joe featuring Mystical. And I couldn't tell you what that song is for a million dollars. Yeah, me neither. I have no idea. Who's Joe? One of the first raps he has ever bought was Mystical's Tarantula. And I don't know what this is. Yeah, I don't know who Joe is. Like, that's just the, that's the name is just Joe. It's Joe. Do you think if we play this, like if we listen to this, it would sound familiar? Because I don't know. I feel like a number one on the Billboard Hot 100, like. You would think would sound familiar, but I don't like, but Joe doesn't sound familiar at all to me. No, not at all. It's wild. But number two, you'll know exactly what this song is. All right. It is Butterfly by Crazy Town. I hate that song. Your favorite song. I, I hate it so much. Crazy Town is another one that was just everywhere it was everywhere and that's when they got to me that might have been one of the first songs that i was like okay i think we're done with this yeah like the first time the first time i ever had that feeling of like i think we're good guys like yeah, i don't think this, this needs to be a thing <laughs> yeah that was they were terrible well, well i i can't say they were all i heard was that friggin butterfly song and i that was terrible uh fun fact i think we talked about it in a different episode about me getting columbia house cds Mm -hmm. i tried to get the crazy town cd and they were out of stock (laughs) so i got something Uh, different i don't i don't remember what i got instead good my my life that could be the turning point of like (laughs) you could have gone down a completely different path had you gotten that crazy town cd from columbia house i'd be wearing like mma shirts and running around not knowing what's happening nautical stars all over both of my elbows nautical yeah. stars <laughs> number three an album that i did have weirdly enough this track was on at angel by shaggy featuring Ravon. okay so explain to me why in 01 i had this shaggy record i have no idea i'm completely out of all <laughs> these songs like, i have nothing to do with any of these well, number four might bring you back. It has a little guitar in it. We have Again by Lenny Kravitz. Nope. I can't stand Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> okay. That's 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 fine. I guess you're you're everybody's allowed to have that opinion. Yeah. But did you see when his crank came out? Did you ever see that? No. He was wearing like leather pants and he like got down on his knees for like a solo and his like leather pants just popped and his whole crank just fell out. <laughs> no. It was insane. It was insane. It was one of the craziest uh. things ever. No, I I haven't liked Lenny Kravitz since like the first time I heard that uh, American Woman. 
See, oh, I hated that song. No, it was before that. It was like when I was young, young. I don't hate American Woman. I don't know if I hate Lenny Kravitz. How many albums do you think Lenny Kravitz has out? I'm going to say 11. How many are there? Tell me it's 11. <laughs> oh, holy shit. It's 11. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not, that was a complete guess. That's insane. And then at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 week of March 10th, 2001, we have Love Don't Cost a Thing by Miss Jennifer Lopez. Dude, I'm out of everything. That track's a banger for me. I'm I'm out of everything in 2001. And then here's the uh, Shaggy had two top tens in March 10th of 2001 because number fun just attacked it on at the end. Sure, it wasn't me was still in the charts and at number six. I do remember that track. That was on that same Shaggy record that I oh, had, okay. which is wild. And that Shaggy record that I had was called Hot Shot, and it was number one on the Billboard 200 in this week. Wow, really? Shaggy had number one record. Number one wow. record on the Billboard. That is the one and only time. Yeah, and number two was even crazier to show you where music was. It was WWF The Music Volume 5. What? Was that was the number two, two record? On the Billboard 200 charts. Wow. Yes. What just to give credit to him, because he did a lot of writing for them for years. The like mo the guy that did most of the music for them for many years, his name was Jim Johnston. So I just wanted okay. to like, tack on the artist to that album. Shout but out yeah. Jim Johnston. Yeah, number two, WWF The Music Volume 5. Insane. Wild. Wild. Well, in that time, I would have been more about the WWF Volume 5 than any of the other records or songs you just mentioned, except for Dashboard. Maybe number three on the Billboard 200 was won by the Beatles. Okay, well, that's cheating. <laughs> it is cheating. <laughs> number four was No Angel by Dido. She had that huge song with Eminem. I'm sure I know you've heard that song. Oh, well, I know the Eminem track. Yeah. The number five record on the Billboard 200 was J-Lo. By Jennifer Lopez. So she yeah. was becoming J-Lo with the record. Right. Yeah, no, I'm for real. I'm completely out of music in 2001. Yeah, tapped out. You, yeah. you don't have your fingers not even on the body, let alone near the pulse. Not even close. Okay, let's get into the album we're talking about today then. All right. The album was recorded for the Limp Biscuit label Flip Interscope and Fred Durst's vanity label Flawless Records. So okay. basically... Interscope gave... It was put out by them, basically. This album would have come out after Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water, which, if you don't know, is six times platinum in the U.S. It sold over six million copies in the U.S. Really? Yes. <laughs> I, I looked it up today. Wow. I've never been a Limp Bizkit guy. But Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water may be coming your way at some point, just wow. so we could talk about how insane it is that it sold six million copies. Was there a single on that record? Roland. Roland was on that record. Oh, God. And then the Ro the Roland remix with like Method Man, Red Man. Gotcha. Insane. Maybe coming your way at some sometime for the hardest grown the show's ever seen. Oh, it might be. It came out right after Chocolate Starfish, Hot Dog Flavored Water, meaning okay. Fred Durst had a lot of pull. Olympus had a lot of pull with the record right. label because that thing's huge. Fred created his own vanity label, which I saw today, weirdly enough. Definitely made Fred, Fred some money because they had signed Puddle of Mud. And Puddle of Mud had a huge hit or two. I did know that Fred Durst had... A hand in Puddle of Mud getting a record deal. Uh, yeah, I had no idea until today. After this album came out on Fred Durst's Vanity label, he was obviously an executive producer on the album. The musical style of Duke Line Fights the Terror is said to be influenced by... Do you, you have any ideas? Everything? There's two big ones. He is, they've said two big, two big names. Ween? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was of, I've, never, I, I've never listened to Ween. So You're... seeing it all over this, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think it's on the list for you already. I was into Ween for a minute. Yeah, there's there's Ween influence on this. It's most, so what I thought they pulled from Ween is mostly the high-pitched vocals. Okay. Ween okay. did a lot of that. Okay. Like a lot of that. Some comedy type stuff, but not to the extent of this record. The other influence they say is Mr. Bungle. Never heard any Mr. Bungle. I haven't either, but I've heard the name a lot. Yeah. Uh, isn't that dude from um, the name of the song is Epic? Oh, Faith No More. Yeah. Isn't that the front man from Faith No More? He did that project too? I don't know. I think I had that record too, that, that Faith No More record. But I don't, I don't know. I do not know. Despite the mixed reviews and the, you know, sounds that we're going to get into at a certain point. Oh, yeah. The album went to number 194 on the Billboard 200. This album did? This album did. This went, this was in the top 200. 
It was 194. And it was number 16 in the U.S. Heat Seekers. Wow. If that gives you an idea of the kind of weight that Limp Biscuit had at that point, because that's the only reason. That had to be, yeah. People knew the name Wes Borland, saw Fred Durst as the executive producer, and just grabbed the record. That yeah. had, that, that, that had, had to, to be, be what happened. Because this is nowhere near Limp Biscuit or any of those other records you just talked about coming out at this time. I mean, th- like like I said, this was released at the height of Limp Biscuit and, you know, right. all of that. All yeah. of that. And music was also, as we've covered, in a weird time. Music was in a very strange time. Oh, for sure, yeah. The album is 51 minutes, 23 seconds, 12 tracks. We have Wes and Scott Borland doing most of the work. The other two names that are in the personnel for this album are Kyle Weeks that do some vocals, some bongos, and some sampling, and Greg Isabel who did some drums and also added some vocals. Oh, Lord, Bathy and Flame. I'm saying it again, Scott. (laughs) let's, Let's get into this thing. Let's get into the meat of this album. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to preface my my track by track by saying I'm giving you my first reaction notes. <laughs> oh, okay. So well, I hope you still have your later reaction notes to tack on to the end of those. I will tell you that my feelings softened a bit okay. after six or seven listens. <laughs> okay. But these first reactions are warranted. Whoa, that's a, <laughs> we'll that's a weird, weird <laughs> word to put there. But I guess we'll move past it. And <laughs> let's get into the first track then. Okay, so again, the only thing I knew about West Borland before listening to this was Limp Biscuit, which I'm not a huge fan of, and Blacklight Burns. That Blacklight Burns project is very industrial sounding. Okay. It, it's very Nine Inch Nails, early corn, Marilyn Manson sounding. So this was different. I mean, there's definitely some tracks that you could say have that industrial feel. Kind of, but they go off in weird tangents. But oh yeah, the first yeah first track, Burglvist, strong opening, interesting guitar work. So like the guitar solo sounds like clucking chickens, which was very weird, but super cool. I dug that. That was my first reaction. Following it up. After seven listens, uh, still, still hold strong. Like that's a, it's a good opening track. I dug it. Now imagine me buying the CD. Yeah. Just like seeing that it's West Borland. And I I probably saw the track list. It said like blood red head. And I probably was like, yeah, I can, I can can listen to this, but like putting this in first listen, because I couldn't listen to it at the pawn shop. So I had to wait till I got home. Right. Put in the CD player. And then this song coming on and just being like, Oh, yeah, man. Dude, I was stoked the first time I heard this. I was like, yes. And how great is that beginning the Oh, Lord, Bathe Me in Flame before this thing takes off? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Like, I was all in at the beginning. Now, lyrically, some of these lyrics are just absolutely insane. Bonkers. That's the best I can say. Bonkers. The chorus is basically... No, the chorus is verbatim. Burglweist and throwing numbers, human insanity, with glowing forehead and draining monkey. I have no idea what the hell they were talking about on this whole record. <laughs> no, I like, don't either. The entirety of the record. I was trying to, I was thinking it was like a, like some kind of crazy concept album where it was storytelling nope there's kind of tendrils that touch each track from here and there but no it's there's not a cohesive thought very loose threads possibly like the mention of duke lion like three times (laughs) yeah well maybe this will help you because west borland had stated about the album Mm -hmm. that it is quote really really silly and idiotic and bizarre it's nothing but all these stupid songs yeah, that okay. So when we we've done these before, and we've said, how long did it take you to get it? I still don't get it. Like I've listened to this thing from start to mostly finish. Yes. <laughs> and I knew if there, I knew that the the problem for you would be that there, there's no cohesion to it, and I I know there's nothing for you to connect to. So I was yeah. just hoping that you were going to try to head down a road of. 
yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. This this is different. I Jesus took the wheel type type thing. Like I was just on. I was in for the ride. I went at it. So of course the first the first couple of listens background music whatever. Uh, and then even as background music, I got lost. I went into it eventually, being like, this has to be brands entertainment listening type thing. There is no connection to anything on this at all. No, there's nowhere to connect. There's no emotion in it. It's just dumb. It's mindless. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's just it's just there. Right. So it was it was work for me. Okay. Like this one was equivalent to Elliot Smith for you, to yeah. pavement for you. Like this was yeah. I, I was struggling, dude. <laughs> I was struggling. It's like counterintuitive though, because I know, it's like but it's that's not, just me. Like, that's the thing. It's not supposed to have you trying to work, but you kept trying to work. Yeah. And I know that feeling because I tried to be you for the Pavement album. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I know the exact feeling. It's so crazy. But the reason the reason that you got this is because you mentioned how goofy and whatnot the right. Pavement record was. And I was like, you want goofy? Yeah, I got the goof. No, 100%. I got, I got like, the goof. Yeah, Pavement's goofy, uh, but their, their tracks are consistent, at least consistent sounding this is wild this is 2001 goofy yeah this is this is a whole different realm of goofy and then even even listening to this in the background i imagine after you hit play for the first track mm -hmm. you hit play for burgleweist oh dude. and even in the background when it hit the second track duke lion it had to have catch you and be like what's happening i so my notes for duke lion are what i thought this was an ad on youtube at first what a crazy switch up. What am I listening to right now? Is this going to end yet? Nope. No, it's not. But Scott, he's the son of man and God and, and lion. lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was listening, Burgleweist came on and I was like, okay, this is what we're in. Yeah. And then the start of Duke Lion started. So, so listeners, this goes from a very metal heavy song in Burgleweist to a the twangiest country intro I have ever heard on a record, but like it goes out of that twangy country into like a like an a, a, a medieval yeah like a medieval bar tune. That's yeah, that's what that's, that's what <laughs> threw me off. Like that's not even what threw me. The whole thing threw me off. I was like, yeah. oh okay, so this is what we're going. Yeah. Interesting. And then that road that we're heading down, where you you're, you're so concerned maybe that what's happening because you really don't know it yeah. throws you on your heels and then it takes you out of duke lion into the third track collie is the sweetheart yeah <laughs> Which is an, another swerve completely yeah. away from where we thought we were first reaction note says dude what i don't <laughs> think my add is bad enough to get this record because this goes into a completely different universe from metal and country into like some kind of electropop. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, now we're in the club. Okay. But if you want to see the nation, you can come. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's so crazy that I know so many words from this album. Like I know yeah. most of the lyrics to this album. I listen to this thing so much. And this is where the, the high pitched vocals started on this song. Yes. Yes. So the, the, this the is weird vocals, the ween vocals. Okay. This is yeah, where yeah. that I've never listened to ween. Right. You will. Uh, and then yep. you'll, then you'll get it. But yeah, this is where like each. So not only did the musical style and genre switch up between these three tracks completely, the vocal style also switched up completely on all these three tracks. And I was like, am I listening to some sort of compilation record? Like, is this, the actual big dumb face record did i get it wrong but yeah i was completely thrown by all these songs towards the end of this though it goes that whole electro pop sensation with those vocals but then there is a moment at the end where mount the sweet hog gets very fast and heavy yeah i <laughs> in all of these like i i can't imagine what my face looked like while I was working, listening to this yes, because it just had to be completely dumbfounded looking. 
like deer in headlights, cartooning, seeing stars and birds around my head. Like I just got knocked out or something. Yeah, it was wild. Your eyes are swirling. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's weird that you say that your ADD isn't bad enough for this because I actually for many years did have really bad like music ADD mm-hmm. to the point where I would put on a song and I I would I probably never listen to longer than a minute and a half of most songs just because like I got it I was like okay I got it and I'd switch to the next track for right. many years. So this this album probably this was perfect probably, for you. It it probably was. Like <laughs> and the songs cuz these songs are like 2 minutes long. Yeah. That I wow, I didn't think about how that would have played into it. Yeah. Not just that it's super weird and that I didn't need to connect to it because I didn't care, but that's <laughs> weird. Yeah. I for many, many years I did I had music ADD. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. I had to force myself to become like an album listener. See, and I would have to force myself to like get this. I am an album listener. Like I, we've talked about it before. When I listen to albums, I don't randomize it. I go opening track to closing track. Yeah. That's how I listen. And this was this was crazy. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> so we're 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 three three tracks in and it's already this is crazy. So after Cully of the Sweet Hog gets a little heavier towards the end. Yeah. It leads into Blood Red Head. Yes. Now we're in a Doom horror metal track. Yeah. I am so confused. I dig this song though. It starts off with like that horror movie kind of soundtrack vibe and uh i dug that it was good (laughs) it's i think if i were to and i don't think there were any like singles or anything Mm -hmm. but if i had like a single i think blood red head to me was the single like this one probably got played the most to me when watching on youtube there was a video for duke lion and that was it Okay, yeah, I guess if the track, if the album's called Duke Lion Fights His Hair, Duke Lion probably would be the single. But, <laughs> but that's, head, that's a wild single, too. <laughs> like, if that's your single that you want people to, you're getting people into the record, that that's not that that's not where I would have gone with it. Technically, y- you would almost have to put out four singles, right? Because there's essentially four four corners of music on this you got your your heavier shit yeah you got the electro pop shit you yep. got the country shit and then probably just miscellaneous yeah just a folder of <laughs> a folder Everything of weird else. yeah a folder that says it's a note to your wife that says delete this if i die <laughs> right don't let anybody else see this please yes. <laughs> so then after blood redhead you're back in that heavy mindset you're yes, back in the i'm like okay the, Maybe we're getting this is where I thought maybe there was a storyline like I like maybe I missed something as far as like subject matter because we're going we got back to the heavy. I was like, okay, all right. So then I'm expecting maybe more heavy and we come across space adventure, space adventure track five. I was unprepared for (laughs) (laughs) because I thought we were in like a horror vein now. Like a doomy metal horror vein. Uh, No, we got Space Adventure where I said, all right, man, what exactly are we doing here? This is so (laughs) far out there. This track feels like something I would hear on a kid's Saturday morning cartoon. Because it has that little bouncy, like running down a path with your stuffed animal best friend going on an adventure, listening to Dora talk to her backpack or something. I don't know. It was it was wild. I mean, there's a lyric in it that is fun is good. Robots are good. And that's all that I need. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. We like fun. Games are fun. Fun is good. Robots are good. It's It's very Saturday morning cartoon for me. But if your son was watching this as because he's probably past what he'd be watching this at. If your child was a baby watching this on TV, you'd be stoked about that song. Yeah, no, it's a decent song. It's a very Yo Gabba Gabba song. So then you come out of Space Adventure. Your Space Adventure is over. Yep. (laughs) You're into fighting stance. Fighting stance. The only note I have written down is hot damn, because he says it like 37 times. Now we're in like a saloon with cowboys getting ready to bar fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think each individual track has a story, 
but if you dig too much, it crumbles. And That's... if you don't dig enough, it doesn't present itself. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I never hit that middle road because I was, uh, like I said, I was looking for like an overarching subject, tie it all in together. And then like I, I was looking too shallow at it, just doing the, the whole like trying to listen for entertainment aspect. And that didn't get me there. Like I... Yeah, I couldn't listen middle ground enough. And that's fair. Is that it's a hard it's a hard place to balance, I think, but for some reason it lines up exactly with what my tides are doing. Like yeah. it works perfectly. <laughs> so we come out of fighting stance yep, and so. head right into organ splitter. Yeah. I said this and fighting stance might be the most consistent two songs on this record so far, but what the hell am I even listening to? <laughs> I mean, Organ Splitter is pretty heavy. It is. I was just lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think for for each of the rest of these songs, I think I'm completely lost as in every single one of these notes because I was, yeah. To me, without a doubt, I think the first half of this is stronger. And if it's six tracks, it'd be the first six. Or like, if it's 12 tracks total, it'd be the first six. Yeah. So Burglvice to Fight and Stance, to me, definitely got the most play. Yeah, I think my top three, two of them are in the top in the first six. But then we're out of the top six now into Organ Splitter, which is another heavy track. It doing just you just know, said weird. You said, said it lost you. Just weird. And then <laughs> I'm not just, like I'm not even saying the name of this next track. <laughs> it takes off yeah. into track number eight, Mighty Penis Laser. Yeah, it is. It is the Mighty Penis Laser. Yeah. And I said, what is going on right now? At this point, I feel like I'm killing brain cells. I think if anything is an epitome of the humor of 2001, it's this track. Like this, this track is 2001 humor through and through. It's not good. It's kind (laughs) of cringy. It's embarrassing. Like this is where Jackass came into its own. 100%. 100%. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the Jackass this, guys were giggling at this track. Yeah, this song is the epitome of Jackass humor time in the world. And I love Jackass. I really do. <laughs> Those dudes make me laugh so much. When Ryan Dunn died, it was actually one of the first, like, quote-unquote celebrities that really affected me. Oh, which yeah. Was, it, no, it sounds weird. I know that sounds weird. No, it but... doesn't, because that, that happens to me, too. Like, I get affected yeah. by that stuff, too. It was weird. It was really weird because I felt like I felt like they weren't celebrities, kind of, I, I, even though none they of were, us knew who they were. Yeah, we did know who they were. But you saw them just as regular dudes like they, they for, weren't for for a long time. Yeah. Like yeah. Jackass into Viva La Bam. Like, yeah. Like just it, it was it was a weird time. Yeah. Because they didn't play characters at all. Like you didn't know them as, you know, a, a character name. You knew their real name. And when they were on the screen, it was just they them. were presenting it themselves. They yeah, they, presenting a character. they weren't yeah. a written character or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have anything else on Mighty Penis Laser? D- no, nope. I'm just going to guess that that's not in your, your top three. That one is nowhere near the top three. <laughs> so then heading into track nine after Mighty Penis Laser. I'm just going to keep saying it as much as I can. Mighty <laughs> Penis Laser. Mighty Penis Laser. After Mighty Penis Laser, we just listened to Mighty Penis Laser. I'm going to move on after Mighty Penis Laser yeah, into we're good. track number nine, Robot. I said at least it was short. Ooh, yeah, you're you're done. You're done. With this <laughs> like as, this is this is first reaction notes. Yeah, but yeah, I had, at least it was short. I I think this song was like maybe a minute long. Well, I actually like this song. It's not bad. Like now that it, I yeah. re-listening it's, it's to quick. it, it's quick. If it's any longer, it's a bad song. Quite possibly. Yeah. If if I don't think you can go any farther. It's just a it's just a dumb quick song. Like yeah. It's it's that point where like I realized the humor and I'm like, okay. okay, this isn't really my type of humor, but I can I can get it. I guess it would have had to have been my humor at some point, right? Like I guess <laughs> in order for me to enjoy it as much in, as I did. In order for you to like this this record enough to bring it to me, I would imagine you were I do still hold a very warm place in my heart for Limp Biscuit and stuff too though. Yeah, the only thing that I dug about Limp Biscuit at all was Wes Borland's guitar playing. Yeah. I uh, that was the only thing that I 
was able to listen to Limp Biscuit for because I don't care about Fred Durst. Uh, <laughs> his rapping is subpar at best. Uh, oh no, I don't. I don't think there's ever an argument that Fred Durst is a lyricist by any means. Yeah, I don't think that was ever. <laughs> um, I did dig Faith, the cover. Yeah. Did yeah. that sell that album? Do you think that sold most of that album? Yeah, now that we're talking about it, what else came off of $3 bill, y'all? Nothing. I don't think so. I'm going to be honest. I think Faith might be the track that got me into Limp Biscuit. I think it's probably the track that got a lot of people into Limp Biscuit. Because I think when it gets heavy, I that, that was, to me, I was like, yeah, this is definitely something I right. want. <laughs> yeah. I think Faith is the equivalent to Smooth Criminal. Well, we came across one. We got there. <laughs> we got there. We got there. So coming out of the ninth track, Robot, we move into the tenth track, Rebel. Yep. Uh, now we're into an 80s dance pop vibe with a cowbell. Some sort of sci-fi cowboy club banger. Was that <laughs> Sci-fi? What was it? South sci-fi, sci-fi cowboy, cowboy club banger. <laughs> Man, I'm into sci-fi cowboy club bangers. That's that, that's my new aesthetic. I'm just gonna dress like a, a cowboy sci-fi cowboy club bang. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a whole concept album that are just sci-fi cowboy club bangers. <laughs> that's incredible. But that that's what this song is. Yeah. And you you didn't come around any different way. Your just first reaction stuck with you on this one. Uh only because now I think it's funny. Okay. That I had that first reaction. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man, it totally is. And it brings a smile to my face. But yeah, that, that first reaction kind of kind of holds. Coming to the penultimate song, track 11, Voices in the Wall. I said, who told Wes that this was a good idea? The oh. song actually isn't bad. The, this whole project is beyond me. Oh, you didn't mean just this song. No, you meant who no, told I'm, him I'm, this whole album. Yeah, because at this point, like I said, I was so lost around fighting stance organ splitter time yeah that i was like i said i was so out of it that each of these songs i'm just like what is even going on and then when you said that this came out on limp biscuits label and fred durst had a hand in it this makes sense because i can't think of any other record label that is like yep this is gonna sell units yeah, this album was 100%. Limp Biscuit was, they had a grip on the record label. There might not be many instances like this in history of the person or the people, him and his brother, making an album, getting to do 100% what they wanted to do. Because I don't think anybody at any point told either of them to do something different. Yeah, I can't imagine there at that point in time, many people were saying no to them. Coming out of Voices in the Wall, we have It's Right in Here. Dude, this was... Before you go, I need to say yeah. that listening to it again for the show is probably the first time I ever listened to the full track. I listened track. to the full track a total of two times. That's That sounds like one <laughs> too many. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just noises for the last, like, 16 minutes. Yeah, listeners, this track is 19 minutes and 43 seconds long. Yeah. And the track itself is only, like, two, maybe three minutes. And then it's just, like, walking through doors and opening doors and car sounds and just, yeah. Like, yeah, like, they took a tape recorder around, attached it to their belt, and went about their day. You know what? It's a really interesting thing if it was, like, they ended recording the song and then just walked out with all the recording equipment. Like, thinking (laughs) of it, like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I never listened to this before, and this is the first time I ever listened to the final track, and, I mean... We know how I feel about long tracks. If, yeah. if they're tracks, if they're tracks at all. This was not even a track. No. I, and you can't even say it's like a hidden track because there's not really a silence in between. No, it just continues. It sounds continuing. Yeah. I wrote down, there's nothing I can say. No words. Someone needs to get punched in the face for that ending. Oh. Wait, it's still going? 19 minutes? Sure, a drum solo. Why not at this point? i i don't have any opinions of the song itself because i don't remember it most of the track that i remember is the majority of the track where it's walking around and sounds and just random stuff going on 
Do you want me to remind you what song it is at the beginning very quickly? Sure. Sassum, 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 sassum. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you remember what song it is. Yeah. But other than that, it's a, it's a very forgettable song. But if the song cut off and I remembered what the song was, I might have better feelings about it. Because I'm the same way you are. By the time this thing ends, you have no idea what happened at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And like I said, after two listens, I was out once the song was done. I was like, nope, moving on. Yes. Because I'm not about to listen to somebody walk around for another 16 minutes. So give me your top three right now, then. Okay. Top three. Uh, we'll start at the bottom. Number three, Voices in the Wall. You liked it. I did. I I thought it was good. I was mostly lost at this point, but this one kind of, this one slightly did it for me. Number two was Burgleweist. Like I said, strong opening, really heavy, dug it, even though lyrics were completely random, it seems like. Yes. Yeah. Um, and number one, Blood Red Head of Fire. Duke Lion is what you said. I heard it. <laughs> no, I did not say Duke Lion. <laughs> so number one's Blood Red Head, you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blood, Bloodwood Head's probably my number one. Burgleweiss probably number two. And then, if I'm being honest with myself, yeah, it's probably Space Adventure or Cully is the Sweet Hog. I love those two <laughs> tracks. But hear me out on this. Imagine sure. if this is put out differently. Okay. Imagine if he, he takes, they take, they take Burgleweiss, Bloodwood Head on Fire, mm-hmm. Organ Splitter, and I don't know what the beginning of it's right in here. They're all that's kind of like the four heavy tracks. Imagine they put that on an EP. How do you feel about that EP? Cut out the last 16 minutes of it's right in here. Of course. Um, I'd actually probably be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a four track EP. Yeah. I I would tell you that I would appreciate it much more. But yeah, I I feel like this is four EPs thrown together and mixed around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely like a there's certain vibes to certain songs and different genres to almost every song. And I, I don't listen to things like this, like this way. Yeah. It's just, it was beyond, it was beyond me because it needs to be said because we need to put it in stone. Scott thrown (laughs) owner grown on big dumb faces. Duke lion fights the terror. I'm pretty sure this is going to come as no surprise. Uh, This is going to be a groan for me. Like, I, I won't go back to this at all, ever. That's fair. And yeah. I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I was like, I wish I was listening to that. I just know that I like it. And I enjoyed this week of revisiting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I could get those four heavy tracks on an EP, like a 10-inch. I feel like it's something I want to just do a quick playlist of. And see how they fit together. And see how it goes, yeah. It's obviously a groan for you, which yep. you have the right to do. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. It's fine. So coming out of Big Dumb Face. Yeah. Scott, what else what else were you listening to this week this week? What was your album of the week? I went to Second and Charles last week and had a bunch of trade in money, store credit, and came across some records that I didn't know the band at all. And I left, listened to a little bit, and decided I needed to at least get one record. And that is the band Baroness. Yeah, you bought all their records. Yeah, uh, they they had all five of them there. Or is it six? Have you listened to all of them? I have. I have. So, and I'm a fanboy now. And if you've listened to them all, yeah. you're going to tell us what their best album is because their best album to you is going to be Record of the Week, correct? Their discography is my Record of the Week. You're but doing that. If, if I'm giving you one, one that I think you would like, it would be the Blue Album. The vocals are a little more harsh. Um, well, I've listened to the purple album. So right. where does it, where does it sound compared to the purple album? So it's, I, I want to say it's like a seven year difference between those two records. Okay. And the, the sound and feeling is very similar. The vocal style is a little bit different. Okay. Like I said, the vocals are a little more harsh on the blue, uh, than any other record that they put out. They're very, very in the vein of Mastodon was the first feeling I got from them. Uh, kind of like a sludgy prog metal type deal. Their musical prowess is fantastic. I only question what you call the noodling. There's a lot of that going on. There's there's two guitarists and they both show off. Yeah, I don't remember the Purple album like per se, but I know I did not dislike it. Purple, so... Purple is super good too. I really liked Purple a lot. But yours is the Blue Album. I think the Blue Album would be the one I would give to you if I gave you a record from them. 
Okay. I love it. I love hearing about find somebody finding a new band the, and, and falling the, in love like that. The thing is, like it, it really took me back to when I was finding CDs based on cover art because that's what drew me to those records. Like the cover art is it's beautiful it's like it's yeah it's great just the the art style is fantastic um it really draws the eye in and it had me look up the band baroness because i i don't think i ever listened to a single baroness song ever before that yeah and and then you, and then you fell in love and you own their entire discography <laughs> yeah i actually questioned going because i left two records there i left two baroness records there they were live okay. records Okay. And we've we've talked about it a little bit. We're not really live dudes, mm-hmm. but I listened to one of them, one of the live records on Amazon, and I was like, I kind of want to go pick this up now. So my album of the week goes in a very different direction than yours did. <laughs> oh man, um, my my record of the week is from Memphis Legend. Oh, Project Pat. It is his third album, Mister Don't Play. Everything's working from 2001 the fact that this big dumb phase album came out in 2001 and this project pad album came out in 2001 something happened this week to me where all the stars aligned and 2001 week this project pad album might be a perfect memphis hardcore album oh okay it's unbelievable i love it so much um i don't think you'd know any north north might be the only song you would know off it but I've never, even. I've never heard the name. He, uh, we're gonna, we're, we're probably gonna end up doing a Project Pad episode at some point, so I'm not gonna get into all that right now. Sure, <laughs> that's fine. So yeah, your album of the week was Baroness of the Blue Album. Mine was Project Pat's Mister Don't Play. Everything's working. The only thing left, I guess, is for you to tell me what I gotta listen to for next week. Yeah, I am going to take us out of the weird realm that we've been in for the last couple, and I'm going to give us something incredibly radio friendly, well known. And a surprise that you haven't listened to them. I'm giving you the Foo Fighters. There is nothing left to lose. Okay. Dave Grohl coming into my ears. Yep. I guarantee you've heard like three of the tracks on this. But I want you to listen to the whole album project. And I will. Yeah. And I will. Three tracks. Maybe. (laughs) I, I can probably. I know there's at least one that you've heard. Because it's all over. There's a lot of Foo Fighters on like the Guitar Hero and Rock Band games, and I played all those. So okay. I definitely know the ones that were on those at least. Uh, yeah, like I've I've so the last couple records I've given you, I've given you records that I think you would like from the bands, or at least would get you into them. Uh, instead of giving you like my favorite record of theirs, yeah. This time I'm giving you my favorite record of this band. Okay, instead of the one that you think would be better for me. Yeah, because like Pavement, I gave you Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain instead of Bright in the Corners. Boy Sets Fire, I gave you Tomorrow Come Today instead of After the Eulogy. This time, we're just jumping into my favorite record from the Foo Fighters, and we'll see the we'll see where that goes. Next week, I'll be listening to Foo Fighters, There's Nothing Left to Lose. Yep. Follow us on Twitter, at Pod. The link to all of our socials and whatnot will be in the episode description, or show notes, as they're called, I guess. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. We're all over every listening platform. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. We should be there. Yeah. Tell your brother. Tell your mom. Ooh, maybe not the mom. Let's, no, leave, the, the mom. let's leave the moms out. Moms love me. <laughs> moms love me. It's fine. It's we're, it's fine. I'm, 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 it's, they know that I'm, I'm non-threatening. So there it is. So other than telling your mom, the only thing you need to do is uh, l- listen to the Foo Fighters, I guess. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but really, I guess at the end of the day, the only question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Make them say, uh, na, 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 na. I want to get away. I want to fly away. Probably deleting that. <laughs>